You're about to listen to the Live and Local podcast brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. My name is DJ DeLone, and within this interview, I brought in Peter Kajanitsky from Cosmic Problems and Hannah Rust from Hygieia, two of the bands that played at our first annual Fool's Fest. This interview covers a few subjects, including talking about a handful of the pillars within our music community. Before getting into too much, let's hop right into the interview. Hannah, would you like to start off and tell us about your band? Yeah, for sure. Um, So my band, we're called Hygieia. Um, We're super stoked to play this weekend. Um, Where are you from? Oh, we're based out of Fort Collins. (laughs) And then if you were to like relate your music to a specific sound or another kind of band that people might know, how would you describe it? Yeah, we usually say we're a mix of like Ginger, Bring Me the Horizon. Um, Yeah. Okay. And Peter, how about Cosmic Problems? Yeah, um, Cosmic Problems is a punk band, uh, like pretty surfy. So like if you know the Chats meets Agent Orange kind of things, like a little more 80s hardcore vibes than some other contemporary acts, but still pretty sarcastic. Oh my gosh, yes. Every time I see you guys play, I end up laughing throughout uh, at least two of your songs. That's that's the idea. <laughs> All right. So before we start talking about Fool's Fest, I kind of just want to talk about how your band's formed, um, how long you guys have all been playing, and then uh, just kind of some other like general things that you want people to know about uh, Hygieia and Cosmic Problems. Hannah, do you want to start? Yeah, sweet. Um, so me and my band, we actually met through a music program about a year and a half ago. Um, so we've been playing together for a hot minute. Um, but as our group, Hygieia, we've been only formed for about seven months. So we're kind of a baby band. But um, I'd say our background, you know, playing experience together through our past music program, um, we we were just bonded really well on stage, and um, we were just able to come together super quick, and our, our writing process is pretty in sync with each other. Um, so we're just stoked to get out there more this summer and play some more shows. That's great. Yeah. And you're telling me you just have one song recorded? Yes, currently we only have one that's out everywhere. Okay. Um, but we are recording our next single um, late April. So. Okay, perfect. Yeah. What's that song called? Um, the... Our current song that's the, out? The song you have out. Yeah, so that one's called Vocation. Vocation. Um, so yeah, that's the first song we wrote together. Um, and it's it's super, super sweet for us. It's kind of about um, just us committing to each other as a band and finally, um, you know, following that, that passion to play with each other. So, yeah. That's great. Did you guys do a DIY recording or is it in the studio? Um, no, we actually um, went to the blasting room. We worked with Chris Beeble, so he did all the mixing and mastering for us. Nice. It so. seems like everybody who comes in here goes straight to the blasting room. Either that or DIY. Like, there's no, like, uh, I talked to, uh, what was it, Matt Dooley a few weeks ago. He went down to, to Denver to record, but that's pretty much the only person I've talked to otherwise. And then, Peter, how about you guys? Uh, DIY all the way, baby. All the way. Um, no, uh, Cosmic Problems, um, goodness, I think we started in, like, October of either 19 or 20 i can't remember i'm gonna be honest with you i don't i know it was like mid-pandemic and me and luke and will uh that's our now bassist and our drummer um had been playing together (laughs) as a as like a alt country band for a little while leading up to that um we were called sorrow and sagebrush and i wrote just like the most depressing album ever because I was not in a good place. And uh, we did that for a while, and then the pandemic hit. And we were like, wow, this scene, it kind of sucks. Like, I don't really like playing music for boomers, and I'm not sad anymore. I don't want to play these songs anymore. So we were like, let's let's play music we actually like now. And we became a rock band. Um, we, like, started out, like, pretty bluesy, and then we were like, screw this, punk rock. All the way, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we, like, went through, like, a little lineup change. We, like, lost a bassist, got a different bassist, lost him. And then we hired our friend Christian to come play guitar with us, and Luke moved over to bass. Um, yeah, and we've been DIY recording with JJ from Tongue Bite. Uh, we have a three-song EP coming out real soon. It's mastering. Um, hoping to get it out, like, towards the end of April, something like that. Did you guys do a split tape before that? Uh, no, we didn't have anything. Okay. Yeah, there's like the whole Star and Sagebrush album is out everywhere if you want to listen to that. But uh, <laughs> okay, cool. it'll probably make you sad. Um, I don't want yeah. to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like writing writing for us is like weird. It's like really spur of the moment. Like we'll all come in with like here's this riff I wrote, and I'll be like okay, and either we'll like finish a whole song in like ten minutes, or it'll take like weeks and weeks to finish the lyrics and stuff. So it's like hit or miss either we spit it out really really quick or it's like eh, we've been working on this forever and i don't know if it's ever gonna go anywhere like i get that i mean 
just gotta get stuff out at this point though right oh, yeah, just how, absolutely how the scene's working but the scene's great right now uh what was the last show that you both went to i went to just like drawing a complete blank right now mine was last thursday at the aggie feel bad i don't remember what their band was called <laughs> but it was like an r&b group it was super fun huh okay. yeah i think the last show i went to was probably at the aggie i think it was uh i think it was boy pablo and people in general that was a while ago i don't remember seeing people in general on the uh on the on the bill uh, uh, ever it was sick. Like november or something yeah no yeah. abe was, was sick okay. so yeah. ben had to front the band and he was like terrified that he did fine so. it's really funny because yeah. like the songs i have right in front of me are all people in general <laughs> <laughs> so i just want to uh i was brought to you both um through blast and scrap i mean you directly but then the first time i saw peter play with cosmic problems was through one of the blast and scrap shows that i was going because my brother played the same yeah show. that was vindicate last summer and it was like 100 degrees and i thought i was gonna die it was a very hot day yeah and then so how did your relationship with uh the blast and scrap go at the start hannah Oh, yeah. So we actually, I received um, a DM from Maddie, don't know her last name. Um, she used to be super involved here. Um, and she just kind of hit me up and she was like, hey, like, we want to see some more female musicians in the local scene. And um, I remember you guys from your submission with Sonic Spotlight. Um, and so she just kind of hit me up and she was like, here's Blasty's contact info. Just shoot him a text. And I did. And he was like, great, the slot's yours. And I was like, oh. That was easy. I'm, yeah. So did you play the most recent Sonic Spotlight or was it like um, two we ago? Yeah, the most recent one we submitted for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's also how Blasty had heard of us. But we had like never really met Blasty himself before then. So. Okay. Yeah. Have you played any of the, the Blast and Scrap shows? I have not. Um, have not. We okay. went to we went to one like two weeks ago and we were able to talk to Blasty and meet him. Um, but yeah, we weren't playing. Nice. So, so. first Blast and Scrap show, yeah. first KCSU show yeah. all together. Yeah. Friday. Fool's oh. Fest. Fool's Fest. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. We're talking about just a bunch of different local shows and kind of our favorite local artists. And uh, a common, common thing came up of people in general came up during an early thing. So... Uh, do you guys have a personal relationship, either of you, with those guys? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. okay. <laughs> I've only seen them, I think, twice. And it was during really big bills, so I can't remember exactly what they sound like. Oh, they're just so much fun. Just so, like, there's so much energy and, like, so much variety in what they're doing all the time. Abe, Abe's quite a songwriter. Okay. And, yeah, my, my friend Ben, who's also in Tongue Bite, uh, is, like, playing bass for them now. And... I, ben Ben is so frustrating. He's like the best bassist and drummer I think I've ever met. And like watching him play bass in both tongue bite and like guitar and people in general and bass and people in general, like just one of the most phenomenally talented people I have ever met. And he's just so nice and so like laid back and humble and it's so fun to hang out with him. Like I think uh, <laughs> he's he held like a Guitar Hero world record when he was a kid. Um, if you remember that episode of South Park where they like try to play professional Guitar Hero and there's that kid that they like find to replace Kyle. Uh, that's that was based on Ben. They like sent him a letter and were like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna use you as like inspiration for your character on South Park." That is one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> he has a, a Guitar Hero controller that somebody made like a custom faceplate for him for. Like it's it's so funny. Like it's just the most ridiculous thing. Hannah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, actually three members of people in general I'm co-workers with oh. um, at School of Rock. So um, I've known them um, for a hot minute now. Um, Abe is super awesome. Like Abe is so smart and like a talented songwriter, like you said. Um, and their stage presence is just is just insane. Um, and they're just super fun people. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know I've seen them twice. I don't remember where or when because they're always on bills. Like I always see yeah. them. They're, they're everywhere. Now, have you... Peter played with them? Oh, yeah. I played in Abe's, like, side project, Evil People in General, once. Um, <laughs> it was, like, a, a hardcore version of People in General, and it was very fun, but, like, I did not get a lot of time to prep, and it was kind of a mess. We played it, like, a backyard. It was, like, super low-key. It was really fun, but... Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> I don't know if Abe's still doing Evil Pig or not, but I'm not doing it anymore, so... Okay. 
And Hannah, you were telling me earlier how Hygieia has not played a show yet. Yeah, not officially as as a unit, as Hygieia. Um, But me, Bran, Lou, and Thomas, we've been playing together in a separate um, house band we were in. Um, So we've done a lot of local things. So we've we've done the Lyric, we've done the Aggie. Um, We actually got to do a huge, like, whole Colorado thing at Red Rocks this last summer. Um, So, yeah, we've done a lot, just not, like, officially as Hygieia yet. Okay. So, <clears throat> Red it, Rocks, how was that? Oh my god, it was insane. It was a sold out crowd. Um, so it was like all of our house fans, um, there's about like six or seven of them in Colorado. Um, we all got to like meet and just have a huge, like all these lo- all these musicians our age. Um, we just got to meet a lot of people and play a show at Red Rocks together. We were opening for a movie night is what it was. So it was Princess Bride. So oh, we all you. played and then we all hung out, watched Princess Bride and oh, it was so good. Yeah. It's like indescribable. Yeah, it's easily yeah. my favorite movie. It's a, it's so funny. I just like, what's yeah. it like to be on that stage? Like looking up. That oh sounds my, terrifying. Oh my God. Yeah. I Indescribable. Just like the euphoric feeling, the yeah i'm such a performer and i just like i'm fueled off of that so it was quite insane to just see the rows of people just get smaller and smaller but they're there and they were full of people it was insane that's so cool yeah that's so cool yeah peter what's the biggest show you've played uh was it lost like a few weeks ago n- no because it was no. super snowy so oh. uh very it's, it's a small crowd and we had like the worst drive home from Denver. it was terrifying um no i think the biggest show we've played is probably at the lyric um not, nothing crazy Lyric shows get a lot yeah. of people in there too yeah um we want to try to get into the aggie sometime soon but we'll see if we can pull that off yeah, they've been booking a lot of local local bands here recently. I mean, King Crowd I just played on Saturday last week. Yeah. They opened for what the Timberline and a few other people, and then saw the first hardcore show <clears throat> is on the bill. Uh, Wolf Blitzer, who's yeah. playing on Friday, they have a a show at the Aggie, I believe, either in April or May. I can't remember. Cool. It's gonna be a fun show. We've got Wolf Blitzer starting it. Hospital Socks is coming up next. Cosmic Problems is playing at 2 o'clock? Is that 3. 3 o'clock. I think we're at 2 o'clock. is playing at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. And then the other bands that we've got are Sludge Broker and yeah. King Crawdad. If you guys, uh, either of you listen to any of those other guys? I love Sludge Broker. We've played with them a bunch of times. Uh, the first time I ever played with them actually was with Evil People in general at that uh, backyard show. And they didn't have a vocalist yet. It was just... Oh, I can't remember their names off. Like, I feel bad, but... Oh, wait. Um, um, <clears throat> so... Sludgeburger is originally just two people. They yeah. just I think this might be their first show with a vocalist, but I could be if mistaken. it's not the first, it's one of the like they haven't had a vocalist for long. And yeah. I remember we like saw them set up and <laughs> there was like a weird little jazz kit at that show that was like really not up to the task of Sludgebroker's music. Um but yeah, it was just I think his name's Aaron on the drums and then the bassist and he had like the biggest effects board I've ever seen for a bass. And I was like, what is this about to be? And then it was like psychedelic doom metal and it was amazing. And there was just like no words like Aaron like screamed into a microphone like twice the entire time. Like it was so cool. <laughs> was like, they so- used to go by a different name before they they had a vocalist in their old group, and I think they moved or something happened. I don't really know. But then, yeah, Evan and Aaron, I think those are their names. Yeah. Just were like, Sludge Broker. Yeah. That's what they're I'm then, so excited to see them with the vocalist. It's I'm sure it's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Hannah, have you seen any of those bands before? Um, I know I've heard about them a lot. I know I've heard a lot about Hospital Socks. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of going into this blind, but I'm excited to see everyone and, and get to know them. So. Hospital Sucks is great. Dude, Dude, you've yeah. played with them plenty of times. Yeah, I love Hospital Sucks. I've played with them a bunch. Uh, they're, just, they're just sweet kids, like, and they're really fun, really good musicians. Like Miles, Miles messes with me a lot, though. Like I, Last time we played with them was at... Uh, uh, it's in Denver. You just mentioned at Lost it. Lake. Lost Lake. That's the one. Uh, Tiny humans, right? Yeah, yeah. And we were like about to go on, and Miles is like talking to me, but like intentionally screwing with my head, and I'm like stressed out, and I could not handle it. It's funny. He's like, I don't know what you're trying to say to me right now, Miles. He's like, I'm just messing with you. I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. I thank you for clarifying that you were just messing with me because I feel like I'm losing my mind right now. Yeah. Whenever I'm talking about Miles it, with a like a group of people, and if he's like there. I'll always be like, yeah, just look for like the tallest fifth grader you've ever seen. 
<laughs> I love Miles. That is so accurate, though. He he has the like fifth grader haircut, hundred percent. He's a great guy, though. I asked him, I was like, do you, do you have every piece of Descendants merch ever? He's like, pretty much. It's like, I've never seen you wear a shirt that wasn't Descendants. He's like, I don't think I have any. He's done that to my brother as well now, too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you met Miles before? I, I don't think I have, no. Okay, so Miles is uh, Bill Stevenson's son. So you've recorded at the Blasting Room. You've probably yeah, heard his yeah. name here and there. So, yeah, Miles will be playing with uh, Hospital Socks and Tim, their vocalist. Absolutely love his voice. Awesome. Point. Yeah, he's, no, he's so good. He's the maturity that's been coming to his voice through the most like recent shows that I've seen. Is I'm excited. Yeah. No, the first time we played with him, I was so impressed. And then like the last time, it was just like he's a, he's just getting so good. It's awesome to see. Yeah. All right, Hannah. So we were talking a little bit earlier about kind of your vocal style. You guys don't, you've mentioned some harder bands. There's not like a lot of like screaming or anything mm -hmm. like that, but you want to incorporate that? Yeah. Yeah. Not at the moment. Something we talk about a lot, something I want to get to. Yeah. It's definitely in the works. We're cooking some up, but at okay. the moment, um, I mean, vocation, we wanted to keep it pretty clean. Um, but yeah, it's definitely in the works. Okay, cool. Now, let's hop over to talking about house shows. Have you guys been to any house shows recently? Not recently. Not I think recently. the last time was before the pandemic. Ooh. There's been a lot going on recently. Yeah, I went to one in Boulder like a month ago. Okay. Because um, people in general was playing. Um, so. Makes yeah. sense. Are, do they have a few members from Boulder? No. I don't, yeah, I don't no. think anybody's from mm -hmm. Boulder. No? Okay. I know the people from Caustic Soda are from boulder and i know they've come up for shows every once in a while with blast and scrap but i'm never sure yeah. if like that reaches you know how that reaches come out yeah no i think jj and ben are from denver and those are the only people in general that are not fort collins based okay yeah it just keeps coming back to people in general Dude, they they're a pillar of the local scene that's there's just no other way to put it another big pillar maybe he's even listening, is Michael Blasty from The Blast and Scrap, which is the reason um, we, the three of us here in this room, are all connected. How do you guys feel about the community right now and like Blast and Scrap and just kind of what they're doing? Your excitements, your just like what's going on? Well, I've never played a Blast and Scrap show, obviously, um, but just from what I've seen from the shows I've got, been to, um, it's just super good, supportive environment. So, yeah. Yeah, no, Blasty gave us our first, like, break into the Fort Collins scene. Um, like, a friend of mine dropped a slot at one of their shows last summer and gave me Blasty's information was like, hey, talk to this guy. He'll probably sign you up. And there we were. Like, we were playing with Dylan's little brother that day. Um, yeah, no, it's, like, right as, like, the pandemic was starting to slow down, I feel like Blasty, like, rebuilt the local scene pretty much, like, it's like a ton of house venues were gone. There was not, we lost Pinball Jones. Like there was just not like a lot of spaces to go play punk rock. I felt like at the time. And then all of a sudden there's like all these shows going on. Like we've played at the Lyric with Blasty. We've played at Wolverine Farms Coffee House with Blasty, which was a funny show. That was a good time. Um, and then like Vindicate Foods and just like, now he's like expanding out to other places and it's awesome to see all of his work pay off like that because Blasty works so hard for this scene and like it's grown so much in the last year. Absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest things with this kind of transition within the local scene of having Blast and Scrap is there have been a lot of younger people who have been given opportunities to play a lot more music and it's really kind of helped flourish the scene. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of places you have to be 21 to play and, you know, giving the opportunity to, you know, bands such as Hygieia to yeah. play a show is great. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of like, you know, the younger crowd, what are you, there's a lot of like younger bands going on, a lot of younger bands playing. Who have you guys seen recently that you're just like excited to see what they do in the future as well? <sighs> a lot of excitement i don't think i've actively seen a lot of my age bands i know i've heard of some um like i have some old friends i used to play with um down in boulder who are around my age and i just see from social media that um they've got some stuff going on um 
so I hope to see them again someday and see what they're up to. So nice. Yeah. And I think for me, it has to be hospital socks. Like it just has to be. Yeah. Hospital socks. They're doing, they're doing great. They just released that, that EP. Was that a month or so ago? Yeah, it was recently. Did they release that at that lyric show that you guys played with them at? I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's all, it's all a blur. You guys play so many shows together, so I understand. <laughs> they played the Home Depot song to open their set last time we were with them. Nice. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the one from the Home Depot commercials? Come yeah, on. you know. Like the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. You know? Yeah. yeah. No. They like I... opened with that. It was so funny. <laughs> that is so That's amazing. funny. Oh, my gosh. The, there is definitely a level of comedy that's been you know, brought out. 100%. With everyone's shows recently, I mean, you're always playing these songs that are like Mark Zuckerberg's a lizard person and a few other things. And, you know, yeah, freezer juice, which is about just like melting out all the contents of your freezer into your sink and then having a little sip, you know, that's disgusting. Yeah, no, it's it's horrible. <laughs> it's the dumbest song we've ever written. But like we just it's just who we are as people like we can't take ourselves that seriously so like we have songs that are about like serious stuff like we like to talk to, like touch on social political like environmental issues but at the same time it's like i can't talk about that all the time it's too it's too much you gotta have some levity in there to keep your sanity like hannah how you feel about yeah um i would have to agree with that most of our songs we have now are about pretty you know deep emotional topics um but we don't, outside of playing, like, no, we cannot, like, retain that kind of um, posture. We um, make stupid, like, video compilations of ourselves just, like, screwing around at rehearsal. We have one stupid singular bagel joke we make every show, and everyone knows it's coming up, and it's awful, but we have to bring it up every I show. I think we have to hear this bagel the joke. The bagel joke? Yeah. Do we have to wait till next Do we have to wait Friday? for Friday? Yeah. No, I, I could tell you the bagel joke. Well, I mean, everyone knows it at this point, but do you want to wait? Let's, uh... Bagel joke. <laughs> Get ready for a bagel joke. <laughs> Bagels. Uh, yeah, we recently introduced uh, prop comedy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear it, but I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> uh, as we cover Leslie Gore's uh, Cry If I Want To, just because like, we think it's funny, you know? Uh, and, like, I started out singing it, like, in a not very good falsetto because I'm just not good at singing like that. But we recently had a party, and there was, like, the little, like, party blower things, you know, like the little beep. Like a kazoo? Yeah, kind of like a kazoo, but, like, worse. <laughs> and I like use it as a pitch pipe before we start that song. It's terrible. It's straight up terrible. It's oh so funny gosh. though. Okay, now pitch pipe uh, kazoo for me, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you really want? Yes, to please, this? please, please. Uh, just, just. Me. <laughs> I gotta hit like a, a mid E with it. That's that's the goal. But I don't think it actually. You can't really change the pitch with that thing that we found. So it's kind of weird. It's not like an actual kazoo where you can like change the the note. It yeah. just does what it does, it and that's does. what it does. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we make god awful TikToks too, like shooting pans out of a leaf blower at each other. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be there for that. <laughs> <laughs> My friends recently bought um, these these Nerf things that uh, hurt. They're not fun. Like the ow, ow. Yeah. They got the shorter, the faster rounds, and ouch. Ouchies. Yeah. Walk into their house and you're just like, ah, oh, my forehead. <laughs> Man, this is I I haven't been back to CSU in a long time. I I think all four of us or me I don't know if Christian is, but we're all CSU alums. Um, and so it's like kind of fun to be back, like playing music instead of going to class. Like I worked for the university for a little bit right after I graduated too. It's like, now I'm back here doing something that I really love in instead of, you know, going to school. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your major then? Uh, I got a double major. I did Spanish and anthropology shout out anthropology department. 
Nice. Yeah. Have you thought about incorporating any Spanish into your, your songs or anything? I have, I wrote one about El Chupacabra where I like sang in both languages and just like never finished it. <laughs> it was really hard actually. Like trying to like switch languages on the fly like that while I'm singing is really really tricky because like I can do it like conversationally. Like if somebody starts talking to me in Spanish, like my brain will switch. But like trying to actively switch languages like mid song was really tricky. Okay. So performance aspects with, you know, vocals, Peter, you play guitar and you sing and then yeah. Hannah, you just mm -hmm. sing. Is that correct? Yeah. Cool. Uh, within like, you know, just how normal conversations go, it, like what's the biggest kind of difference between, you know, how you have to think about it, how the performance aspect of, you know, singing in front of a crowd changes from, you know, what you're normally doing, just sitting here talking to us. Um, for me, it kind of kicks in naturally if I try to think too hard about what I'm going to say in between each song. That honestly makes it worse. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I just, I've always been a performer. Um, so I just kind of take whatever the crowd is giving me and fuel off of that. Um, and I just try not to think too hard about it. Okay. Yeah. Peter? I got to second that. Like, if you spend too long trying to figure out exactly what you're going to do, you're going to freak out. Like... You just, and like stumble over your work. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You you just kind of have to go with the flow. And like for me, I used to get nerves like so bad. I used to get so scared to be be in front of people and stuff. Like, but as like time and practice have gone on, I just it's whatever. It's what we do now. You know. Like, and absolutely right. Like trying to read the crowd and pick mm -hmm. up on like what people are putting down. And I always try to like mess with the crowd a little bit. Like tell jokes and like engage people a little bit. I said some not nice things about Donald Trump once at Surfside, and then these girls walked out, which was real funny, because I had previously said bad things about Nixon and uh, Reagan, and they didn't have a problem with that, but suddenly, when it was Trump, it was a problem. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, coming back to this, you know, um, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, like this performance euphoria, like your stage presence, how it feels to perform. Now... I'm guessing that's not the biggest reason of why you perform and why you choose to sing the songs that you do, uh, but how do those kind of work hand in hand? No, I'm very performance driven. Um, for me, it's the meaning of my lyrics and my performance. That's that's all it for me, honestly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like, just like getting back to like the roots of punk rock and like what it was about originally, and like being anti-authority and like very politically driven was a big motivator for me with getting into punk rock originally it's like i grew up with it like shout out tony hawk pro skater 3 for introducing me to like a lot of hardcore um at like age eight um and so like as i got older and like learned more about the world uh it, punk rock always was like really important to me because it was a way to give yourself a voice and like talk about things that you feel like need to yeah. be talked about in front of people and for me that was kind of like my big motivator and now like that performance driven thing like there's nothing like playing for people like it's it's so awesome it's such an amazing feeling yeah it's like it's like a way of storytelling for me as well yeah yeah 100 percent. wonderful um, so I'm going to start out with a kind of <laughs> cutthroat question for him. Um, I want to know what's a really embarrassing band story. All right. This is recent. Um, we have one song where we switch instruments. I have to switch over to playing the bass. Uh, and I just like completely missed the first chorus. Like just no idea what was going on. I was just playing my riff. Like, and I looked over at the rest of the guys. They were all like, what you doing? I was like, uh, don't worry about it. Um, it's fine. I got it. I figured out what I was supposed to be doing real quick. And then, uh, oh man, what else? Honestly, all the embarrassing stuff happened to me back when, like, the Star and Sagebrush days. I got it out of the way. Like, breaking strings, uh, forgetting the yeah. words to my own songs, yep. you know? It's like the worst thing you've ever had happen to you at a show. Like, the worst thing. I don't know if this is the worst thing. Um, like when older guys try to give me money, uh, like ooh, we were, what the heck were we doing with our house band? We were playing at um, X Golf, um, 
and just some old he's super tall he's like six five it's really intimidating just this old guy just was like hey like i don't know if i'm allowed to do this but like here and he tried to like slip me a 20 and i was like i cannot accept this and he's just so um obviously out of it um it was just kind of icky yeah that's like, please icky. go away from me you six five man Ugh. Yeah, yeah no golfer man at that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, we had like the middle-aged ladies that would try to hit on us back in the Siren Sagebrush days, and that was never fun. Like the the swing station up in the port is a it's a weird place to be, like in your early twenties playing music. I love going to shows at the swing station, though. Absolutely love them. Oh, I've yeah. always had fun. Oh, hundred percent. Like there's great musicians there, but like if you're there on like a weekday or something like that playing, it's always like a this weird crowd. So, Hannah, I don't think you answered who <laughs> your most embarrassing stage experience. My most embarrassing stage experience? Um, honestly, not too bad, other than just the occasional forgetting your lyrics. Um, if I, oh, I have had times where I try to, like, say something between songs, and if I just totally draw a blank, I'll just kind of stop. <laughs> and that's always <laughs> awkward and not fun. But yeah, other than just weird instances, like the golfer guy, and um, for, oh my gosh, Bran, our guitarist, he's very outwardly spoken. Sometimes he puts me on the spot, like meeting new people. He'll just be like, hey, like blurt something out, and I'm like, okay, this, this is happening. So, you know, conversation skills, not always the best, but we're babies. We're baby band. It's okay. <laughs> Some guy tried to punch me at Lost Lake once. Why? Uh, yeah, what were the events leading up? Into yeah. this? Events leading up to this. All right, we had opened um, at that night, and we were listening to the other bands, which was uh, Nub. They are amazing. It's a local band. Uh, Nub and the Bad Roommates, and then this other band called Remedy. Um, and uh, this guy came in. I was just like in the crowd, like having a good time listening to his music. And this guy comes in, like looking like he doesn't really belong at Lost Lake. He's got like a a like a button-up shirt on and like slacks but he's like not present you know what i mean like he is somewhere else and he like tries to talk to me and i cannot understand a word he's saying it's like just all like slurred words like just complete gibberish and i'm like whatever man like, eh, like and then like 10 15 minutes later he like comes and tries to talk to me again and i'm like dude i can't understand you like please leave me alone and then he like rears up like he's gonna take a swing at me and he's so wasted that like I have a full like 10 seconds to like take a step back and I just look at him like are you for real right now and then me and my bandmates like dragged him out because the bouncer was like downstairs trying to cut us a check for our ticket sales <laughs> and so we like dragged him out and the bartender came with us also named Hannah very nice girl um, and he tried to hit her too and so, like, us and some of the guys from Nub just, like, chased this dude out and, like, kind of, like, get out of here, man. And then he came back after going to the liquor store next to the Lost Lake and, like, tried to swing a bottle at my drummer, um, Will. And Will just, like, kind of grabbed the bottle and, like, bonked him on the nose with it. And this dude looked like a caked puppy, like, I can't believe there's consequences to my actions. <laughs> and then just, like, stumbled off into the night. And we were like, that is the weirdest thing that any of us have ever experienced, like... It's not necessarily embarrassing. It's just really bizarre. What's like a moment at a show you've been to that will just like stick with you forever, either performing or seeing somebody? Yeah. I've got one. So I was standing on like next to the stairs, you know, like at the Aggie, how they have like multiple sets of stairs. Yeah. So I'm like standing there at the bottom and like just for some reason, there's this guy. It was a very slow show. It was an acoustic show. No reason for this guy to be acting like this. But every five minutes he would do like a really high karate kick like over the stairs and it was like <laughs> what is going on right now like this is the mellowest music i have ever heard and there's this just this dude kicking in the air and it's like not like really close to my face but it's like five six feet away and it was just like it's just so random so unnecessary and just like what is going on but getting down with this bad self apparently yeah yeah apparently <laughs> Um, I did go to, this was a couple months ago, there was a Ginger concert and Suicide Silence was opening. Um, and so Bran and I went and we got up to the barricade and um, I 
they handed me Suicide Silence handed me their set list afterwards, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then I almost got Ginger's set list too, but this gross man next to me ripped it out of my hands and almost fought me for it. And I was like, okay, you were like three times my size. I am scared. You can have you it. Just take it. Yeah. Man, that sucks. Yeah. I was like, why? Like, why be like that? Like. <sighs> I think I've got like two like that. One was back. Back in the days of Bitter Sons, um, I miss those guys very much. I miss Riley so much. I just uh, went to uh, to Trevor's, like, going away, all those shows and stuff. Did you make it to any of those? I didn't. No, they were fun. Yeah. He's, he's out in Nashville with Riley now, right? I think he went to Atlanta, actually. Uh, yeah, but they were playing uh, old Pimpal Jones, Campus West. And like, there's no stage, so you're, like, level with the band. Um, and I was standing right in front of Riley. He's one of my buddies. And uh, he looks at me and just goes, like, nods. And I was like, no. I shook my head. He goes, yup, and, like, nods. And then just, like, turns around and, like, body slams me into the rest of the crowd to start the pit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was awesome. <laughs> and then the other one is, like, total opposite end of the spectrum. I was, like, with my parents in Chicago. Um, and we went to Wrigley Field to see Bruce Springsteen, which, like, personally, not a huge fan and Bruce Springsteen, but a phenomenal musician anyway. And it's like pouring rain and Bruce Springsteen is just like out in the rain, like playing his Stratocaster, like just getting dumped on. And then Eddie Vedder and Tom Morello came out to play with him, which was like mind shattering for a little like 13 year old me. It's pretty exciting. Okay. So, you know, exciting surprises during shows of like the actual musician. So we just heard, you know, Bruce Springsteen. Eddie Vedder, that's crazy. Yeah. Tom Morello, that's crazy. At a show, you don't expect to see them. Hannah, if you've been to any shows like that where they just bring somebody out and they're like, here you go. Here's some extra surprise. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Hmm. I know I can, I, I, I know I've been to a few, but right off the top of my head, I can't. Yeah. It's, it's not there. Well, that's like, uh, I mean, like good encores though, like on a similar vein. Like I saw Charlie Crockett at uh, Washington's a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, they had like a stand-up bass sitting on the stage that they didn't touch for the whole set. And then they came back out to play like an acoustic bluegrass, like three song encore. And he put, pulled out the stand-up bass and it had like the Woody Guthrie, this machine kills fascists painted on it. I have a great picture of it from like really close. And then Charlie Crockett signed my hat. Nice guy. Nice. That's cool. That man on man show with Tongue Bite. So, I, you asked me earlier what like the most recent local show I went to was, and I remembered that I was wrong. And it was at uh, Chipper's Lanes, and it was my buddy's Tongue Bite. And then this other band, Man on Man, and they're like a married couple, and they're like middle aged men. And their uh, album cover for their vinyl is the funniest. It's it's awesome. It's like the two of them, like, like their faces just like mushed together. It's like they're hilarious. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, no, they were really good too. They were so much fun. It's like two pieces that I'm always shocked by, like Sludge Broker. I was like, floored how much like they could do with two guys. It's crazy. Crazy. And what's like a story that inspired a song for you guys? Like, how'd you go about writing it once you had that inspiration? Yeah. So our first single, Vocation, um, it, it definitely means a lot to us, but a lot to me. Um, throughout my time playing music, um, you know, like everyone goes through periods of being hard on yourself and, you know, whatnot. But I, I went through a really tough period where I was I was going to quit because I was just so like, God, I'm terrible. Like uh, things weren't working out at the time. Um, and I just felt so hopeless when I wanted to give up. And so I there was like a period of a couple of weeks where everything was so sad. And I didn't know why. Um, and so when it like hit me that like, oh, it's music, I'm not doing like my passion um it just it just kind of clicked um and brand my guitarist and i we um we wrote music for the first time around like two years ago um just as a side project um and then that fell through um and i realized like god i gotta i gotta hit up brand again um so around last August was when we got to play together at red rocks for our house band program we were in um that was around that time it it just it just clicked we you know 
there was a lot of chemistry on stage. We were all in that Red Rocks high, um, and I was like, "We we got to do this." And so, Bran Bran had a, a you know a, a form of this song put together, and he sent it to us. And I was like, "This this is it." And I I took it. I slapped some words on it of what I was feeling, um, and so it was just kind of that that high of of reconnecting to you know my purpose and and the power of that show, um, specifically the. Um, lyrics in like the bridge part um an ocean breeze of galaxies i see in their eyes pulls me to my prize is definitely my favorite line of that song because that's kind of specifically what i saw from the stage at red rocks and it's just it just means a lot it's it's the commitment uh, committing to myself and and my dream and my band and so vocation means a lot to us yeah cool yeah peter how about you guys uh yeah um it's like a couple of good examples. Like our song Five O um is about like police violence and brutality. Um and when we started writing that, it it was right when uh, George Floyd was killed and all those protests were happening. Um and we just like felt so frustrated and so helpless. And like the response from law enforcement agencies to a lot of that stuff is just uh, frankly disgusting. And that was like one of the big points we raised in that song was like, there's a line, it's like, it's not all of us you tend to whine, so why don't you grow a spine? Because you hear that like, oh, it's like not all cops are bad, but it's like, okay, mm -hmm. then do something about it. If you're seeing people do bad stuff, why don't you speak up? And so, like, that was just such an important point for us, like, mm -hmm. to just be like, hey, this isn't okay. And, like, if if you aren't going to do anything internally, like, what, like, what, what's the point? Like, what are you even doing with your time? Like, and then for <laughs> Don't Suck the Zuck, which is, like, a more humorous song about how Zuckerberg is a lizard. It was, like, he was in trouble with Congress and was, like, doing hearings. And, like, there's just these pictures of him looking real, just not human, like, when he's sitting there getting interviewed by Congress people. And he's, like, not even answering their questions. And it was also frustrating because, like, it was so clear that the lawmakers that were talking to him just didn't understand the Internet or, like, what social media really did and, like, what it's doing to our society. And so it's like they're just kind of letting him off the hook for all the damage that he's doing to kids. Like, and so we wrote, don't suck the suck. It's like, the man's a lizard and he's doing bad things. Like, it just is. Like, and then... <laughs> The X-Files has inspired a lot of our songs, like Route 66, which is about getting abducted by aliens, was like straight up just like about the X-Files. We watch a lot of that show. There's also a nice <laughs> reference to uh, Men in Black in that movie, in that song, too. Both great, great movies and TV and yeah. all that stuff. It's just like a mix of like current events and like pop culture for us. So I'm hearing a lot. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> the relation between both of your both, well, both of your bands, the songs that we've been talking about, is there about like kind of reminiscent times. Do you have any songs that are about, um, you know, more specific, like, uh, like not in the moment, but like, uh, I guess that would be, you know, a way to describe it. It's like something you're going through at that time, you know. Yes and no. Um, most of mine at the moment are about past experiences. Um, I have a concept. It's not quite a song with us yet, um, but it is. Uh, it would be a current time one, I would say. Um, it's it's kind of cool. I originally wrote it um, like three years ago when this particular relationship was happening with this person um and then things just dr dramatically changed like recently with it and so i've been thinking about like revisiting that and just changing some of the lyrics of how i feel about it now um so i think that would be a really cool project to put on just kind of the the difference of perspective change from how i viewed it then to how i view it now um so okay. yeah i've been thinking about that kind of like growing a little yeah. bit okay. yeah okay yeah I think for us, I think the best example would be some songs that our other guitarist, or our bassist Luke wrote, uh, like Wage Slave. Uh, he was working fast food and just hating his life and <laughs> like had to say something about it. And so he wrote a lot about how he's feeling about just like trapped in this job that's not doing anything for him and like not making enough money to like live. Um, and now that he's not doing that anymore, like the lyrics have changed a little bit and it's, it's like a little bit more retrospective from him. It's kind of cool. 
So, like personal experiences, like how they how they affect your process. Absolutely, it's great. Yeah. It's always nice to hear, like, oh, we we're going through this. We were writing a lot of this way. Kind of what we were talking about with your previous band. You were, you know, didn't want to write any more sad songs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no more sad music. Just kidding. We can we can solve sad songs. We can solve sad songs. Mm-hmm. I just you know, as long as you feel good inside, then yeah, you'll be exactly. Sad. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, primary uh i guess not writing forces but lyrical connections peter do you write most of the the lyrics for cosmic problems you and luke yeah it's kind of a we kind of do like a if we get like a riff or something together that like we're like okay this is how the song is going to sound like musically that's generally where we'll start is like what's what's like the instrumentation going to be like and then we'll kind of like play it together and a lot of times we'll just like ad lib until we find something we like as we're playing um and then you we kind of do like a somebody can call dibs on it if they want it like i'll if i'm like i have this one i've got it i know what i'm gonna write about i'll take it and then like sometimes luke will do the same thing he'll be like i've got this one and then a lot of times luke will get like most of a song written and then just like He's going to be mad at me because he's listening, but I'm going to tell this anyway. He, like, gets, like, most of a song written, and then he, like, stops. He, like, can't go any further. And a lot of times I'll help him. I'll be like, well, why don't we do this, this, and this, and then we'll move. Like, and then it'll be done just like that. He'll be like, oh, yeah, I like that. And then he'll change whatever I said to fit, like, himself better, and then it'll be done. Like, <laughs> So you process a lot of uh, instrumentation first and then later. Yeah, later. definitely. How about you, Hannah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say the same. Um, Brand just kind of hits us with this idea he has for instrumentation um and then lyrics are are all me um not always the ideas of the songs like i know thomas has has an idea he's expressed to me about brian um has given me ideas but i i do most of like the the translation if you will um i'm just i've always been such a big poetry person and writer so i'm really i'm really confident in translating emotions so whether it's coming from a personal experience of mine or something that anyone else in the band wants to express they we just kind of chat about it and i just i love being able to like be the channel for that for them and for us part of the collaborative effort yeah yeah Yeah. nice so uh you know bringing this all together you um i can't even find the words for it right now um (laughs) like a lot of your process happens beforehand where one person will come with uh you know an idea or have something come forward are there any songs that you both have that it's just like you were at practice one day somebody brought something up and immediately we're just like able to just that like in the moment song that was written you guys have like I, they, there's always a good story behind these two 100 peter you're nodding oh lot. yeah we that's we do that a lot actually it'll just kind of happen like we're <laughs> like somebody will just start playing something we'll jam on it and then i'll ad lib like Especially like the early days when it was just Luke and I writing songs, we'd we'd absolutely do that. It'd be like, here's a riff we're jamming on, and here's the words. Like that's how "Don't Suck the Zuck" came around. Um, that's also kind of how Five uh, O happened to you in the early days. So, so a fast writing process. Yeah. Nice. Very intuitive. Nice, Hannah. Um. Yes and no. Our, our songs always will start with an idea from either me or Bran or someone individually. Um, and we can build off of each other, like in rehearsals. Um, we will add a lot of like extra fun transitions or, or things like that. So, nice. Yeah. Nothing you've like, everyone shows up to, to practice, somebody starts, you know. Not quite. Not, not, not at quite. least like a full song or like a full concept yeah. yet, but. Guys, everybody, everybody needs to workshop a, a few things here and there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I have another example, but we're not allowed to talk about it on the radio. So. <laughs> it's fine. We, we can talk about it later. <laughs> and we're just going to talk quickly about, um, you know, how you both got into, uh, like, your first musical experiences and how you started playing. Panda, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was definitely that like Hannah Montana girl, you know, just singing my heart out since I could speak. Um, I originally was like into the whole like singer songwriter, like country girl, like sweetheart slow on a stage with a stool and a guitar. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) Oh my God. Taylor Swift, Karen Underwood, Yeah. Um, still love them though. Oh yeah. Well that, that was me. I was, um, Hannah Montana, duh. Um, 
And then, ironically, my dad and my brother, like, you know, they loved metal, and I hated it. Oh, my God. I hated it so much, which is so ironic where I'm at now. Um, and then just growing up and through middle school, I don't know, something something clicked. I was like, hey, maybe they're not, maybe they're not wrong. Maybe they're not wrong. Um, and then I just, I don't know, I started getting more influenced by, like, female-fronted metal bands. Um, definitely Taylor Momsen of The Pretty Reckless. I was like, that's it. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and so... I yeah as a child I I took voice lessons off and on but it was it was more like classical and I was like what is this um and then I you know I got into a music program that really clicked for me um and I the rest is history I was like hey this is where we're going with it you wait you say you played flute though as well didn't you yeah I did I um I've played flute for seven years now I just kind of played through high school and I was first chair wind symphony um so classically chained flautist and um metal singer so we're gonna get some metal flute playing yeah like we could like a like a jethro toll yeah, i was like, literally about to say that yeah <laughs> yeah Grammy award-winning metal band yeah. jethro toll maybe female fronted breakdown flute jethro toll with some break beats yeah there we go that's yep. that's so rad <laughs> peter how'd you get going uh, my parents made me play piano when I was a little kid. That's how I first started, and I didn't like it because my teacher was mean. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, she was mean. She'd make you sit up straight. Yeah, dude, and then, like, <laughs> make sure your wrists are... Yep. Like, playing, yep. like, just music I didn't like either because I was always super into rock and roll. Like, that was always my thing. Like, uh, I played... Like my mom had some like old Nirvana CDs. My parents lived in Seattle in like the early '90s, and so I grew up with like Nirvana um, and a lot of Pearl Jam. Like that first Pearl Jam record, Ten, is like still one of my favorite albums of all time. And like, <clears throat> so I was, I was like trying to being taught to play like classical piano and just hating it. And then I was like a percussionist in middle school for a little while, and I was like, yeah. All I've ever wanted to do is play the electric guitar. Like, that's what I want to do. And then finally, my parents found me, like, a really good guitar teacher. Shout out, Todd. He taught me everything I know. It's a really awesome dude. Like, one of those people that could hear something once and then just play it right back to you. Like, has a master's in music mm -hmm. theory. Like, crazy, talented guitarist. Um, and then... I played through high school. I was, like, in a really terrible band in high school <laughs> called We Fought Bigfoot. Um, I played rhythm guitar, and it was boring. I had, like, a Dean MLX Dimebag Daryl guitar that I, in hindsight, was a piece of junk. It was huge and heavy and awkward to carry around. And then through college, I, like, didn't play as much. I was still, like, getting I was still really into surf rock because I was really, like, the Beach Boys. And then I started to discover, like, surf punk and, like, some more contemporary surf bands where, like, people were playing way faster and way harder, like, um, like, Kaiju and, uh, let's just see, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it's, like, a Swedish band that's surfy. It's weird. But, and then after college started doing like country music and then it just like I needed to get back to my roots I had to like be true to who I was and that's like how I got back to punk rock and like cosmic problems is what we do like that's who we are and it's awesome like it feels so good to be like making music that I love and like care about it like with dudes that I like my best friends basically Thank you for listening to the Live and Local podcast brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. My name is DJ DeLone, and you just listened to an interview with Peter Kajnitsky of Cosmic Problems and Hannah Rust from Hygieia. Thank you so much for listening to 90.5 KCSU.